Hello and welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Al Ewing. We hope you enjoy. Well, I want to go back to Marvel stuff for a sec before uh, we move on, but uh, I- I'm curious because I think you, and I-, I ask this a lot, it seems, to people because I'm uh, always fascinated. You spend a lot of time and now you're you're playing with the sort of the the big boys and the heavyweights a lot and you know hulks and thors and and venoms but you spent a lot of time in the in the mines with like really obscure characters and like not just obscure characters but like you put teams together and like i was like man he's really going for the like deep cut guys on this he's really trying is that you know i mean the they're not well with with defenders that was on purpose mm-hmm. um the first defenders series was like um oh let's have a team of defenders where like they're all they've all been defenders before sure. except this new guy um but they're also just a handful of weirdos mm-hmm. uh, and then with the second series it was like oh here's a fun idea what if we um use none of the original team yeah. Except we ended up we ended up using Tyre, who was like a late edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, essentially, it was like, what if we used none of the original five? And and Defenders fans hated it. It was <laughs> like, no, die, die hard Defenders fans. I've I've learned there's like all of the online Defenders fans are, are massive fans of feats and power scaling, uh-huh. and they all love you know the Hulk and Silver Surfer because the Hulk and Silver Surfer are the most the most powerful characters. Doug Strange is the most powerful character. And it's like you know, come up, come up with like, oh, you know, the point of Defenders is that it's the counterculture. It's, um, yeah, they're the weirdos, they're the oddballs, the stories are strange. It's, um, it's not like a regular, you know, it's like, I feel like if there are Defenders fans um, who are really into that side of Defenders, uh, they're hard to find online. Uh-huh. That was, that was, but, you know, I was kind of, <laughs> because I'm one of those Defenders fans. Sure. Um, but in terms of like the, the little guys, the small heroes, the sort of D-listers, I always had this thing where it was kind of like, and starting off, I've sort of had that kicked out of me now, but like, I had this thing where if I can only write a story that's cool enough, I can turn a C-lister into a B-lister. Yeah. And no, no, people <laughs> are fixed in, the stars are fixed in their courses. It's yeah. like, many have tried um there have been one or two like successes where people have sort of got up like a rank sure but like uh, like like for instance right now moonlight is i would i would argue one of the big hitters mm-hmm. sure Gigi various you know great moonlight series they have been including the current one um but like you know i i, I was trying to make like power man a thing you know, I've been trying yeah. to make Blue Marvel a thing for years. Yeah, yeah, Blue Marvel's the one I was thinking of specifically. Uh, I mean, but that was that—that that was like 
that was Tom Tom Brubot going like, "Hey, have you seen this guy? I think he's interesting. I want to see him on a team." Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, this guy is interesting. He's like he's so interesting." But I brought him back again and again and again. <laughs> um, and it, you know, and it's like, yeah, nobody else likes him much, and even even his fans don't seem to like him. Well, they don't, you know, <laughs> don't seem to like what I do with them. It's like there's always there's always. I feel like Blue Marvel's always competing against this sort of perfect version of him in people's minds. Mm-hmm. And he's just a really, I just find him a really kind of fascinating, interesting yeah. character and a really, a really kind of good character. Like, um, and I don't know if it's that I'm getting old. Uh-huh. Because one thing about the Blue Marvel is that he's an old man. Yeah. And he's kind of like, he's sort of old and he's kind of, all of the other superheroes are sort of eternally young. And Blue Marvel's kind of looking at them going like, I mean, don't, and, and he's looking at them, you know, in his undersea science fortress with all the science, where uh-huh. he just regularly does amazing stuff. And he's just looking at Iron Man and going like, yeah, don't call me in, right? Yeah. I couldn't help here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you scurry off to your Reed Richards. I couldn't help with this, obviously. You, you know, and it's like... So I don't know. I always feel when I wrote Blue Marvel now, there's this sort of air of like almost weariness, where it's like, well, once again, I'm going to save the entire universe and like beat up God because uh-huh. you know, and like once again, next week it's just going to be me here in my fortress with nobody calling me on the phone. Um, and it's, so you know, it's like a whole. Um, I don't know. I can understand. I can understand why, like, um, his fans are second the stream because I'm I'm a fan of his, and I'm second the stream. Sure. I mean, but, you I, know, I, I still keep bringing back and making making as cool as I possibly can. Yeah, I have a real soft spot for that. When I early on in my Marvel days, I wrote that Phoenix Resurrection book, and I, I guess it did well. And Axel called me in to the office. Axel Alonso was editor in chief, and he called me in, and he was like book's doing well like basically like what do you want to do like the like things are open oh, I, had that, I had that conversation with him yeah and it's and it's and i realize i only realized later how badly i fucked it up but I, I i stand by it but he was like you know what do you want to do and i was like multiple man i want to do a multiple man book and his face like i just saw in his face right away like wrong answer and i was like and he was like right. and he he stopped me to be like no, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, there's a time for X Force. This is a time where you could say X Factor. Like, there's all sorts of things if you want to do the X Men. And I was like, yeah, no, Multiple Man is what I want to do. And and he made me explain it to him. And he was like, walk me through why that's what you're saying. And I was like, you're always going to need an X Factor book. You're always going to need an X Force book. Like, those are just going to come up, and maybe I get them, and maybe I don't. But those are going to be books you need to make. You're never going to need to make a Multiple Man book. And so when I have a chip to play, I'm going to play it on the thing that wouldn't exist otherwise. And he was like, fine, you pitch a multiple man book. And like, so when I see you be like, yeah, Blue Marvel's the way to go. I'm like, yes, like find those characters you love and just fucking grab them. When he he asked me that, when he asked me like, you know, we're we're happy with your stuff. What do you want to do? And I was like, my answer literally was like, I'm happy with what I'm doing. (laughs) <laughs> I like the characters I'm working with right now. I want to do. I want to be more with these guys, you know. And it was like, yeah, it's wrong. I don't answer. think I even got the kind of like, let me explain what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. think he just like ushered me out of the office. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's it's fun to fuck that question up. 
it's uh, but it's it's like it's it's the the Jack Kirby on Jimmy Olsen thing. It's sure. It's like you don't wanna you don't wanna do because like um, I'll admit it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun working on it is a, it is a lot of fun working so I didn't I was a little worried that I wouldn't sort of get it but mm-hmm. and it you know it, it it took me a little while but like with with something like Venom it's you can go absolutely crazy with that yeah um he's sort of like a B-list A-lister mm-hmm. um I think I think with and, and you can sort of go go insane with that in a way that maybe Thor needs a little more structure. I think sure. um, I'm definitely applying a little more structure with Thor, um, but I think people appreciate it when they pick up a Venom comic and it's completely insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would hope I hope people do, according to sense they do. Um, but like. There's that thing of like, you know, no, I really wanna, I really want people to like the Blue Marvel. I really want people to sort of like the Ultimates, um, yeah. and you know, not just the ones who have movies. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want, I want people to kind of get really into Nova. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, which is, you know, which is why I thought, oh, do you know what would be fun? What if Nova joined the X Men? Yeah. Um, I mean. You know he's 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 like been in he's been in a galactic war. If, uh, if, if you know the the crazy war mutants, they're gonna they're sure. gonna vibe with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's and you know it's like Rocket Raccoon. I had this I have this thing where like I really 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 wanted to see Rocket Raccoon in a suit, uh-huh. and that's kind of. And you know I've done that twice now, and I t- if I ever get my hands on Rocket, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> that was, I'm going to put him in a suit again. That was one of my. You can't stop me. One of my first Marvel books was a Rocket miniseries, and they were like, "Yeah, you're placeholding, and Al's Al's going to come in and take it." And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, but everybody awesome. loved you. Everybody yeah. loved you. I should have been like, I should have been like number issue six or something. Everybody, everybody hated that there was like a second Rocket issue one, and nobody knew why that yeah, was. They did hate that, but I, I your your run was awesome and 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 crushed it, and I loved it. But I I was like, the thing I want to do is have Rocket on Earth eating out of garbage cans like a real raccoon. And in the issue where we have that, like the ads for your run started, where he's in a suit, and I was like. Oh, we should have talked before we did this. Like, I have him eating garbage, <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe that's the beauty of Rock Raccoon is that he'll eat your trash, but also he'll wear a nice suit and be be sort of charming. I, I, I was literally because it was um, one of my big one of my big uh, prose treats. One of my big non comic uh, things that I love is the Parker novels. Mm-hmm, sure. uh, Richard Stark, the um, uh, who's the author of uh, Crime Writer Donald Westlake. Um, but Donald Westlake mostly writes sort of funny books, and Richard Stark writes these very hardcore noir, yeah, like heist thrillers, um, featuring this guy who is, you know, not, um, he's kind of not all there. He's basically just, he exists to steal stuff, and yeah. he will, he will go through you. Um, you know, the only reason he won't kill you is because you can't go around killing people all the time it's not very efficient there's no like moral reason for him not to kill anybody in his way sure it's it's entirely like the practicalities of like well i can't just 
tell this person it will make a whole lot of noise and heat and it'll be difficult. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. And then you have like Jason Statham playing it in the movies. And suddenly it's very, yeah. he's not that character. Um, well, a lot of people like, have played him in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have played a lot of characters with different names yeah. based on him. Um, I think the only one who's actually played Parker is Jason Statham. And that oh, was yeah. like, he's got the name, but it's not really him. It's, yeah. it's based on one of the books. It's based on one of the late books, but it's sure. it's not, it doesn't feel like it's him. Yeah. Um, but so I kind of, I, I was very heavily influenced by that voice, by Richard Stokes' voice and by John Wagner. Um, and I saw how like the two were related, like John Wagner, never a word wasted. Richard Stokes, never a word wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote all my dreads with like, you know, not trying to copy John Wagner, but very heavily influenced by Richard Stark. Sure. And then I was like, oh, you know, having done Marvel for a few years, I was like, oh, it's, you know, I'm not writing any more dreads. It'd be nice to write a crime book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Jordan was like, do you want to do a rock raccoon book? And I was like, oh, heist in space. Let's do heist in space. Yeah. Because like Rocket, you know, Rocket steal stuff. He's in the movies. He's a heist guy. Uh, and I thought, great. We'll we'll kind of make him. We'll sort of make him like a little puckery. We'll kind of put him in a suit. We'll make him like um, a kind of an operator. We'll put him up against like the outfit. We'll start every we'll start every issue with the way every Parker novel in the first kind of like the first dozen of them start they always start like when something something happened parker did this mm-hmm. uh so i started every issue rocket with like when da 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 yeah, yeah. Parker did this. and then I, I titled them all after parker novels it was like and you know obviously rocket isn't going around killing people but he, he was in his like bland murder you face so it wasn't yeah. you know a million miles away <laughs> um but yeah that was that was that was where all that came from but then I forget why exactly, but yeah, it had to be because no, it was it was Civil War too. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was tough enough. And I remember I was like, "It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to do this book of peace on Earth." Um, and then yeah, that then yeah. he was on Earth for a bit, and then he was eating out of the trash. Yeah, there but people go. loved people loved yours. Um, I always feel like it would have been, you know, what we because I had a second, I had like a second kind of rocket um, story that mm-hmm. never materialized because people didn't like the new number one and they didn't stay on board. Yeah, but like the smart thing to do would have been, you know, just alternate mm. or something. Yeah, but like at least I, at least not have a second number one. He eats out of the trash. He puts on a suit. He eats out of the trash. He puts on a suit. You know, he's a man of contrasts. Yeah. He's, uh, it's the duality of man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Infinitely relatable. I say. Yeah, it's very relatable. It's the duality of raccoons. Yeah. Um, shifting gears here, uh, as we as we wind down or get yeah. close to winding down, uh, I want to talk about. Uh, we only find them when they're dead. For a little bit, um, yeah. because I love that book very much. Um, first of all, it is a 
uh i'm a fan of a long title i love a long title to a book yes it was it was inspired by uh... it's it's a it's it's a long title is a is a beautiful thing and a lot of people think if it's just long that's noticeable but that's not enough it has to be like hooky and i i feel like we only find them when they're dead is like Mm. as hooky a title as it's possible to come up with like you just hear that and you're like it was like the second or the third thing to come. Um, oh, yeah. Along with the idea that it needs to dominate the cover. It needs uh, to be like, the cover yeah, yeah. needs to be, we only find them when they're just like taking up the whole yeah, space. Yeah. And then Simone ran with that and it turned into a thing where like, towards the end, <laughs> you you knew what it was because you could make up the word like, we. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But no, no, towards the end, you're like, you always saw it, but like what you saw first was his art sure um and that was a wonderful thing sure yeah that's i I thought it was great that we had this thing that like looked like nothing else and behaved like nothing else Mm -hmm. i guess my first question about it and this is more of a general question for you is like you come at at your marvel stuff and and the stuff you do from such a unique place i feel like you're doing stuff at marvel consistently that like no one else is doing and it feels not that you're an outsider because obviously like you're a fundamental part of the Marvel universe the last 10 years, but like you have all these different takes and then your creator owned output is so small. <laughs> and I'm wondering why I feel like your, oh, your man. brain is building things where you're squeezing them into Marvel books when you could just do them as other books. And I'm, I'm curious. About yeah. That. It's, there's a horrible reason for this and that's, it's basically, With with the Marvel stuff, it's like I kind of I know how everything works. I sort of know every single character. Sure. At Marvel, I know I know what makes them cool. I know how to make them cool. Um, and then I'll sort of I'll sort of have ideas to kind of have fun on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like it almost almost kind of putting a hat in the hat, but it's like. Um, I'll sort of, you know, like with any time I'm sort of feeling like, okay, well, this needs this needs a little extra something. I can kind of, I might go to a sort of formalist place for that. Or, mm. um, but in terms of in terms of the creator own stuff, it was like. Um, I mean, so with with only fun and when they're dead, I had this I had this idea that like would only work in the creator own space, um, but also like the I kind of pitched it as the first book, um, which so was going to be this very short, very kind of it was just going to be a mini, it was just going to be five issues, it was going to be this very short, very kind of. Mm-hmm. Elegaic piece about like you know looking looking for meaning in the universe, um, and then when Boom was like, we'd really like to expand this out, and I was like, let's go. That's again the kind of the urge to sort of when okay, the, let, let's when do in the process was that? There. When did they say to expand it out? Oh well, I pitched it, and they were like, we like the pitch, but we like it to be more 
a lot longer. And I was like, well, tell you what, how about I do 15 issues and then it's three books. And, you know, well, we can, we can have the first book as it is and then sort of show the effect it's had down the line. And, and, you know, while we're talking, let's, let's do a third book that's 50 more years in the future. And then we can really show kind of, it'll be like a, a kind of canticle for inverts kind of thing. It can kind of like, um, and then, and then that's the sort of, cause I, I need something to kind of like get me interested mm-hmm. um, in my own ideas, which is a horrible thing to admit, <laughs> but like, I was kind of like, well, it can't just be, it can't just be chasing space guns for 15 issues before I go insane. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, if I'm if I'm doing a whole fifteen issues, it's got to be like the rise and fall of galactic civilizations, or what are we even doing? Um, it's a, that's about a fifteen issue story. Rise yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, and it was like, oh, this is great. I can do my kind of, I can do my foundation bit. I can do my kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Asimov structure. I can, you know, I can do all that. That's that's fun. And then you know, obviously meeting Simone and seeing all his design work and it was like and he was just right in on that with both feet he was coming up with the fashions he was like well i think fashion's gonna go in this direction in the central worlds and then on the out yeah, yeah. borderlands it's gonna be more like this and i was like yeah 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 that's brilliant and like i'd kind of almost ping pong ideas back and forth and like as as it'd go i'd suddenly come up with stuff and it'd be like oh oh and this should happen you know there should be like um because like the in issue six, like the border world's kind of a sort of stopover place on the way, and you know the story's about the journey to sure. the colony. But then you know the border world just became this whole thing because I was like, well, now we've established them. Yeah, you know. Um, so so it's great. It's kind of like the uh, yeah, maybe maybe my problem with Crater Run is like the kind of. I like to build stuff once it's running. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe maybe it's like I've got to be, I've got to be Gromit laying the track mm-hmm. um, while the train's in motion. Yeah, I have this worry, this fear that I need a certain amount of chaos to function, mm-hmm. um, which is the big fear because like you start kind of chasing it, and you don't want to create it for other people. Yeah, but it is it is kind of what keeps me in the. It's a little bit what keeps me in the trenches, where like you know it's always deadline time, and uh, yeah. hey, have you got an idea for this character? And it's like, oh no, 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 I couldn't take any more work, and I'm doing my own thing. And then like in the back of my mind, it's going, no, no, it's the wasp. Yeah. You've got a hundred ideas for the wasp. Yeah, um, like the Ant Man thing was like Darren pitching me like an Ant Man anniversary story, which was like, um, oh hey, and maybe you know you could do different, you know, diff, all the different Ant-Man. And I was like, yes, and we could have, you know, pastiches of various eras and sort of, and originally that was just going to hop back and forth mm-hmm. in in time between the different styles. And it was going to like introduce a brand new Ant-Man. Um, yeah. And that ended up being like the Ant-Man far in the future where we kind of, we sort of don't have to worry about him again, if, you know, all the time. Whereas if I'd made a new Ant-Man in the modern day, be like oh a fourth Ant-Man yeah okay um <laughs> well we like Scott Lang so goodbye yeah. <laughs> and that, that would have been that 
but like um yeah you know originally it was like a lot more convoluted uh and it became this this quite simple thing but also i was like oh okay i've got to pastiche robert kirkman exactly uh-huh. and like god love him god love him uh tom and jody were all like yes and we will we will help you we will pastiche phil hester uh-huh. and like the comic the the color like houses of the mid 2000s we will pastiche those exactly we will uh we will yeah. join you in your insanity yeah yeah um when they absolutely neither of them had to do that as like right. god god bless them the Olympics, because it just made it made that book that we all that we all got in with both feet mm-hmm. um, in a way that like if it had been if i'd been like writing like stanley and somebody had been drawing like you know because because it's still tom riley but he was going like his first reaction was like "Ooh, i can do these don heck touches i've been thinking about yeah yeah and it was like he was really excited about what doing doing like a bunch of don heck ticks while still retaining his own style mm-hmm. um and then jody was like i've had this new idea of how to color kind of sick you know i'm doing finger quotes sort of 60s books like usually you lay on the zipper tone and that's yeah like, yeah but like she was like, oh, I've got this idea how to do it, where it'll look of the period, but also really, really good. And yeah, true to her word, it looked amazing. Sure, yeah. Oh, I would give I would give my eye teeth to work with both of them again. Um yeah. on yeah. anything. They're uh, amazing. I worked, I worked with Tom on the Nick Fury thing and I did I did do the same thing again. I did ask him to do Stranker, but like <laughs> It's oh, he's so he's so good, and like having, I just wanted another hit of that sweet stuff. You know, I just wanted another like, yeah, a little hit of him doing, you know, a really amazing, uh, like, oh, it's he's one of my favorite artists, Tom Riley. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, him and him and Javier. Uh, I mean, I've I've been really lucky to work with a whole bunch of good people. Sure, yeah, the um. Going back to we only find them when they're dead. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sort of, sure, of course. Uh, I'm. I'm sort of curious because, uh, I mean, you touched upon it as like it was going to be a, a smaller thing and and grew out, but it, you do an amazing amount of like piling ideas on top of ideas in a way that isn't a mess and isn't convoluted. And you start and it's it's the mining of the gods and all these things. And then you have the the cults that that worship them and the inner colony, the inner worlds and the outer colonies and and it just builds and you're like, well now it's a heist story and now it's you know this the, the a guy's origin story and 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 his time in, in prison and all these things. And I I wonder how you balance all that stuff when are you like there's too many ideas in this and when are you like i'm losing because the book is impressive to me because the themes and the thread never get lost in that you 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 take diversions and you show us other things but then when it comes back you remember exactly where you are and that's a really difficult thing to do i find in storytelling i mean i try to always be aware of every gun i put on the mantle um and if like, because definitely in definitely in book three, it was like, and suddenly I'll sort of sometimes I'll just suddenly decide stuff like. Um, I remember very clearly going like, well, 
Dane, Dane the pilot uh, mm-hmm. in book three. I, I remember very clearly going, okay, this character's come to the end of his rope. Um, I think I'm going to kill him and in a really nasty way. Uh-huh. Um, because that's the fuel this particular story that's like a two-hander between it needs this to be happening in the background mm-hmm. so it needs to happen to somebody and I don't really like the idea of Dane coming along for the ride when we're kind of establishing that New Dawn is you know the backer and um, yeah it's it's like these, these things sort of occur to me almost as I go but like mm-hmm. at the same time I I don't know it's it's a balancing act I'm always I always find myself noticing when I'm rushing and ending slightly mm-hmm. like when I've kind of bitten off a little slightly more than I can chew mm-hmm. and that's always a big fear because I feel like you know, sure. the readers are going to notice. And sure. sometimes they do notice. Um, but do it's you, like... Yeah. Do you have times where you're like, oh, I've put too much in here, or like I'm trying yeah, to put too much in there and pull sometimes. it back? I I very rarely catch myself doing it. I usually kind of... I have a bad habit of thinking like, well, I've got, you know, I've got so many issues. I've got 20 pages of an issue. Um, but then... I find stuff kind of taking up, taking up space. Yeah. yeah. Um, because things expand to fill the space that they need. Sure. Um, so that is that is a problem sometimes. But I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at it. I feel like I'm kind of allowing myself breathing room, um, allowing myself room for the kind of the sort of epic beats that I like. I like um, always ending on a splash page, which sure. is something I originally borrowed from. I think Graham Morris was the first person I saw do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did it in Doom Patrol. And I remember just, and in Animal Man, and I remember just always being really impressed with the endings. Yeah. And going like, oh, okay. Whereas like, other comics at the time would just end with like, you know, a five pound page and then at the bottom of like, oh well, what about that true believer? Now next time <laughs> the story we just had to call and yeah. all my enemies against me. <laughs> and it was like, okay, whereas like instead and then, you know, on the DC side, you had like you turn the page and it's one image and like one line that's just bam. Yeah. Um and you know, at first you get sort of next issue a title. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like um, you used to get that in 2008 as well. I used to get like next prog this, and I used to write those. And occasionally, I'd sort of I'd have them tie with the tie up with like the final panel. Yeah. So they were kind of useful, but mm-hmm. like given the choice, I'd much rather just end on like damage nothing. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, occasionally a to be continued is sort of required by the management sure. or like a little, a little glyph, a little symbol to say, oh, you'd be reading an X-Men comic. Yeah. And okay. And you know, with things like 
um, I did this with Hulk. I'm doing it again by thought. I'll put the title of the book at the end mm-hmm. on the on the splash page ending. Yeah, um, and that again borrowed from Grammaris, borrowed from Sea Guy. Mm-hmm. I did that with Ultimates. I did the You Happy reading, you know, except it was like Marvel Comics presents the Ultimates in da da da. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love. I just love playing with techniques. Um, it's it's. It's interesting. The the I definitely have the like the love of the Grant Morrison ending on a splash and 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 that. But I also like when Saga started and Saga always starts on a splash. And yeah. I was like, oh, I love how it starts on a splash. It has a, such a like children's storybook feel of like here's the here's the chapter. It eases you in with like just that that great image. And I I started building up in my mind like well I guess I have to open and close every issue with a splash. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't have the fucking space for this. Like, I have 20, 22 pages. I mean, I'm at DC, so I have 22. But I was like, it's 22 pages. I can't just give two of them away to splashes. But I, I still mean, try the, all the time. The idea of two extra pages, that does, that does feel like a wonderful luxury. Oh, it's amazing. Um, and then, and then I immediately chuck them out the window because I'm like, they're both splash pages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, used, I did have a little trouble in the early, in the early days of, um, of where you find them when I'd sort of get to like... I'd be writing it, I'd get to page 18, and I'd be going like, and now we ease into that final, mo- wait, wait, I've got two more pages. Yeah, yeah. And I'd sort of go back and go like, oh, well, we can expand this up, and we can give this more room. But it was like, I'd always kind of get caught short on that. Yeah. Um, I, I really have, like, ruined myself because I, I came up doing stuff at Black Mask, and they're, like, my book sold well, and they were kind of like, do whatever you want. And uh i would just be like this issue six pages longer and they'd be like fine whatever and and now at image i do the same thing and it's like oh i have so much trouble like when i want to expand something in those books there's no there's no reason to not just expand it and give it a couple extra pages and so like what's the first place from here is consistently like 30 or 40 pages because we're assholes and we're just like good that's a it's a good it's a good bang for your buck i'm always it is. I'm always a little like when people kind of. I mean, I I I, I increasingly get it, but like when we were kind of because we're we're just putting out like big big size stuff, and I mean obviously you know my 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 speciality became the eighty page issue, mm-hmm. but like um, which which started a trend, um, but like you know eighty eighty pages for like ten bucks that's. Um, because 20, 20 pages is four bucks, sure. so that's like um, I'm gonna say twenty. That's twenty cents a page. Um, and then you know you get up to like thirty pages is five. You have like eighty pages for ten, and suddenly now I have to do now I have to do maths, and it's late at night. It's late at night here. Yeah, I don't have my maths brain. It's less than it's less than twenty cents a page. It's something like sixty. Yeah. Something crazy. But like, you know, you're making you if you're amortizing the cost, you're making a big save. Um, sure. but of course you've got to pay you've got to pay for it all at once. So yeah. you know. That's it's, not good. It's uh but I just also feel like like as a there's something nice about the form of writing a comic and being like it has to be 20 or 22 pages it's nice to be confined it keeps you sharp it keeps you trimming fat and and all those things and i in my own stuff i'm just like 
we're leaving the fat on we're selling you gristle we're, and it's not and i don't think it's excess i i'm actually really proud of those books and maybe more proud of those books but like it is interesting to sort of lose that like efficient I mean, shopping make, eye if i could make every issue 30 pages oh yeah the dream for a fiver 30 pages for a fiver every issue um you know, I'd I'd have a lot more a lot more emotion room for a lot more emotional beats, a lot of character moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote some stuff just today, which was like, you know, I've got to, I've got to have. I I just suddenly decided I've got to have this in, um, even though, and it's like it's it's two pages, but I've got to have these two pages because. The it, it closes a loop that I need mm-hmm. close. It, it uses a gun that that's kind of been on the mantelpiece. I uh, use a bunch of guns that I put on the mantelpiece. This one's together really eloquently. But more than that, if um, if everybody if we all do our jobs, it'll make me to cry, uh-huh. uh, which is worth its weight in gold, obviously. Sure. But it's two pages. Now I have to find two pages elsewhere. Yeah. And so it goes on, you know, it's like, and that, that's the, that's the curse of the 20 pages where it's like, if I had the magic 30, I mean, we'd, we'd grow to fill it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we always did, but I always, I always feel a little more comfortable than 30. I always feel like I kind of, I know my way around 30 a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it's just more breathing room. It, it always yeah. feels more comfortable to get there. I have a couple of things at DC that are 30 pages and it is like, I write them faster because it's less time worrying about the weight and the size of everything and more time, like letting things, letting things expand is much less, faster for me than bringing them back. Less in. of that thing where you, you write the numbers once 20 yeah, and then, you know, work out stringently exactly. what goes where. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I don't, at DC, I don't use my old trick that I used to do at Marvel, which is turn in pages with two, page 17s and hope that no one notices until we're already in production and then be like well i guess you have to give it to me um which uh, no I, I, I did that a couple of times they're always like classic yeah yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. uh i mean i i did, i had the opposite thing which is i wrote a thing at marvel that was supposed to be 60 and was approved at 60 and then when it came time to write it they were like actually it's only 40 and i was like okay so what should i do with the outline and they're like outlines the same and i was like uh, I don't see how that's going to work. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to write. <laughs> where I was just I like, mean, I... that's like, yeah. Oh, it took about dense. That's... Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. That, that was, was... yeah. I, I, I remember thinking a thing was five issues and pitching it as five issues and then being told actually it's four. Yeah. And trying to compress the five issues into four and then just getting my back saying, this does not work at all. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do this. It's it's crammed as hell. Yeah. Um and I was like, okay, well, let's let's do let's come up with a thing that's for she's fun. Yeah. Um and and that was Ant Man and the way I did it was uh by having each time period be its own issue. There you go. Uh Rather elegant, than elegant jumping solution. between them mm. insanely on uh <laughs> on ironic uh, page turns, <laughs> which I had to work out. Sure, Al, thank you so much for for coming and hanging out and taking yeah, the time. This was awesome. Uh, yeah, no problem. It was fun. 
And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Al Ewing. Make sure to check out the immortal Thor and Venom, as well as everything else he's working on by subscribing to his newsletter at al-ewing-writes-comics.ghost.io. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Where is the poison?